everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers. I am your host, Garrett Wong. And of course, my co-host, Robbie Duncan McNeil. Hi, Robbie. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm back in Calgary, so I'm wearing my Canadian I know. I noticed that. Yes. I noticed your uh, Blue Jays hat. I have the Georgia Bulldogs hat on today because... Oh, yeah. They were playing today. They did. They played today. They shut down the number eight team, Arkansas. That is not easy to do, to, to give the other team a, a donut, a zero. Wow. We did that with Clemson, too, not to get too sportsy, Bali. But, uh, yeah, we have a good team at Georgia this year. So far, I'm, so good. I'm going to say that I think this might be the year. This might be. That's a lot of people are saying I, that. I, I think. I'm not going to say might. I'm going to say this is the year. Because when you, let's face it, what, what is the old adage? The defense wins championships. We have an unbelievable offense. defense. No. The defense is that good to shut out the number eight team in the nation. Yeah. Come on. They couldn't even score a field goal. I mean, what? They got nothing. And we shut down Clemson in the opener uh, 10 to nothing. And they were the number three team. So, okay. Is it your defensive ends? Who is it? Who's doing the whole defense? It's everybody. It's it's teamwork, which is about what Star Trek is about. It's about (laughs) teamwork. It's the fact that look look at Robbie reeling it back in. He's like, I'm I'm telling you, but the Voyager cast, like Janeway says all the time, she's not going to, she didn't want to split us up in escape pods and separate us because we need to work together. That's how the Georgia defense is this year. All right. So if we're talking about Star Trek, let's just talk about both. Let's talk about each character on Voyager and what position they would play on this football team. Come on, Robbie. Come on. Really quick. Really quickly. Definitely the. Coach she's the QB. Is other quarterback? Yeah, she's the QB. Okay, okay so she's, she's the, the quarterback. She's All in right. the game. All right. All right, she's in the game. Or no, no, you know, make her the coach. Make her the coach. Make Chakotay the quarterback because Robert Beltron played yes. quarterback in high school. He was okay. a, a starting quarterback in high school, so he'll be the QB. Okay. All right. So what is Paris? What are you in this team? I feel like I'm playing defense in this team. I feel like I'm a safety maybe is he kind of freelances in the you know on the background so i'm gonna all right safety perfect Harris. what about You're harry safety harry is a uh he's a wide receiver he's a very fast yeah. shifty wide receiver so i'll play okay. w i'll be wide receiver okay and then uh maybe slot receiver and then let's go with um i'm gonna say neelix is our running back okay <laughs> i'm gonna okay. <laughs> okay. neelix is our running back wow. okay you take that one yeah and uh what are you gonna put where are you putting tuvok what do you think tuvok is i think tuvok is special teams i'm gonna go with he's the field goal kicker <laughs> okay that's perfect Love okay that. what's the doctor what's the doctor Ooh, on our football team that's a little more tougher he's the team medic <laughs> He's a team medic. He's not even playing. Okay. He's the he... team doctor. Okay. Yes. He's the trainer. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, who do we have left? We have Bellana. What are you going to put her? Bellana would be. Um, I, I think like, you go ahead and say your, your guess. I'm going to say I'm she's on say. defense with Paris and she's going to yes. be a linebacker. Exactly. I was ah. going to say middle linebacker. So yes. she is the captain of the defense. I'm going to say that. Exactly. And then um, now we got uh, seven? seven of nine. Yeah. Seven of nine. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I do. Agree. I'm going to say she's a tight end. Okay. She'll be tight end. Okay. So tight she end. kind of blocks as well as, you know, she's so she's kind of offense, defense. Every, I mean, she's, she's doing a lot of things. Multi purpose right right? and very she's important. A yeah, multi purpose. All right. Uh, all right. We've staged our, our Voyager football team. We for have those Voyager that, team. And for all those that don't know anything <laughs> about football or care, which is probably <laughs> most of you. Um, okay. That was let's a fun exercise for, right. for Garrett and I. Okay. Let us, let's talk about our, our merch store very quickly. Oh okay. yeah. That's, yeah. that's exciting. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. We've got a bunch mm-hmm. of restocked items. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to check out our, our merch store, yeah, we've got, uh, it's at, can we give them the web address yeah, for that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Deltaflyers.org.org. And you can go to shop or store. I think, I don't know, whatever you click on shop or store and you'll see it. We got restocked items. What are the restocked items? Let's talk about that. Chronowork shirt, which was very popular, sold out. Yeah. Lots of yes. people asked for it. So we've got new Chronowork shirts. Yes. We've got the coffee mug uh, that there's coffee in that Nebula mug yes. that, that sold out a long time ago. People have been asking about that forever. So yeah. everyone's like, when are the mugs coming back in? So those mugs are back. But Robbie, tell us about the new mugs. We even have new mugs. We have a new mug for, mm-hmm. for the Christmas holidays coming up, holiday season. We've got all... This is a Christmas mug that's got all the Voyager characters 
in cartoon form, including yeah. Seven of Nine. Yeah. And it also has Lieutenant Llama from our Christmas story last that, year. So that's perfect. Lieutenant Llama makes an appearance on the Christmas mug. And just so everyone knows, last year, the Christmas mug was only available to the contest winners. Yeah. We didn't put that up for sale. This year, it's a different mug. It's also a Christmas with, mug. With it's a different design with the yeah. seven and the llama on there, right? So yeah. those are the new characters. And now we are offering this in the shop. So now you don't have to win the contest. You can get it on your own. Yeah. Okay. Um, regarding the Chronoworks shirts, this is a little bit more tricky. So the first printing of the Chronoworks shirts, uh, basically it has the logo as blue and then a gray border between the two right. and then white. Okay. And then um, now we have a revised version, which is blue, no border, which shows through as the navy blue of the shirt and then silver ink. So we're going to go ahead ha and have on, on the site, you guys. Version two. But yeah. Version two, new and improved, revised version and original yep. version. Okay. Yep. So we'll have both of those available and There's just to unveil a, our newest shirt. Right our new here. shirt. It is a yes, ma'am shirt with a cool like, graphic sort of representing yours truly. There you um, go. It's very, you know, it's, I love the graphic because of the way it's, you know, it's so You kind of have to look right? at it. It's super simple. And those right. that know, know that they that's know. Tom Paris. You didn't say it with the same kind of, you know, conviction that you normally say it. So I'm going to do it for you. This is the new yes, ma'am shirt. So here we go. <laughs> Yes, people have been asking for that for almost two since we started. They're like, "That's the Tom Paris uh, signature phrase." And the oh, the other thing about these um, these the merch and all this yeah. cool stuff is, yeah. uh, get your orders in soon for Christmas. We're going to have a coupon special that will start today, October eighteenth, the day that this episode is dropping for everybody. So uh, when you hear this. When, now that you've heard all this information, there is a, a, a coupon special that you can get. So check our uh, Patreon or social media accounts for details on the coupon and get your Christmas orders in early. So that's yeah. new news on the store and the, yeah. the and, items. And just to, to emphasize, for those of you who've never purchased any of our shirts, we do print them in both unisex and ladies cut, number one. Um, we also print them with uh, the brand that we use is Next Level, which in my estimation is probably the best um, shirt. Good that quality. You can buy. It super really good is. Quality, super soft. Uh, Robbie will continue. I'm wearing that. a. He's uh, wearing Delta a Flyers Delta Flyers right printed now. on Next Level as well. Exactly. Super um, comfy. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are clueless about ChronoWorks, we're like, what is that shirt? It's from Future's End, that wonderful two-parter episode where we go back to Earth. Paris wears some really, really, really cool clothes, dad jeans, especially. That's, totally. that's actually probably in now, you know, to yes. be kind of dad-like. Yeah, it's coming back. All right. So that's our that's our merch announcement. That's so we had to make that. Update. And yeah, so the coupon's coming. It starts today. Today's the day. October 18th, when this episode is out, we're recording this, obviously. Oh, that's right. That's right. Time. So you're saying it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you don't have to ask what episode we're reviewing now because it's the part two. Here we go. Part account. two. You know that, right? Yes, I do. Know that. <laughs> I remember that. There's a lot of things I don't remember. I remember that. <laughs> but you remember that. Yes. All right. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we get busy? Let's go watch this episode and we will be right back with our discussion and review of Year of Hell Part 2. Hey everyone, we're back. We are back. From watching Year of Hell 2. We survived. Two. That we survived. was hell. My goodness. That was hell. That was just, whoo boy, Janeway is just, boy, she's, mm, I don't the know. Whole, it was very dramatic, I, this whole yeah, two-parter. Yeah. Very, was, very dramatic. Let's uh, let's go through our poetry synopsis of part two. Okay, let's, let's do. Here we go. Here's here's my haiku. You got a haiku? Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's not. I'm not happy. Haikus with it, are very. They should be very simple. I, well, you know what? I kept coming for the second stanza. I kept coming up with it was either eight syllables or six. I was like, I can't mm. get seven. So it took me probably 15 minutes to get the seventh syllable. Is the best I could do. By the way. About our um, haikus and our limericks and our poetry, um, I know that some people, they've kind of critiqued our 
our poetry structure and our what? rhyme and rhythm. I just want to say to people, like, we're we're not poetry. We're not poets. experts. We're not poets. No. And no. most of all, we want these to be funny or ironic or so. They're not going to be perfect. Oh, They're not no. going to always have the exact amount of syllables or the exact, you know, perfect structure, but hopefully they're funny for everybody and we're just wow. having fun. So, so there, you're telling me that there are limerick experts out there who yes. are critiquing our limericks right critiquing now. Critiquing our limericks <laughs> and haikus. And uh, we just want everybody to know, like, we're not trying to pretend <laughs> to be actual poets. Uh, I just think that's hilarious. I'm yeah. so sorry. That's, but you know, what is that? What's that old adage? Um, no new, what, what is it? Uh, it whether the people talk bad or critique Good you or, or not, yeah, it's, it's still they're talking about you. So yeah. that's what that's the uh, that's the positive there. Okay, here we go. Nice My work. haiku for Year of Hill Part Two. Thank you. Here we go. Ships falling apart. Chakotay learns about time. Janeway crashes ship. It's good, but the, here's the thing I learned from that. This episode has so many parts to it that, like, I don't know how a haiku could capture it. Because no, I don't even think the limerick doesn't even come close. Like, there's so much. No. There's a lot of facets to this. Yes. A lot the, of angles. The, the plot twists and turns are many. So yes. it's yes. like I, I could have completely focused on Chakotay's relationship with Anorax in my haiku. And that's it. You know, mm -hmm. I could have just talked mm -hmm. about those guys mentoring Chakotay. Chakotay yeah. bonds with Anorax, whatever. But mm -hmm. Or I could have just talked about Janeway and her, you know, how how many things she had to go through. So you're right. There's, it's very difficult so many to encapsulate facets. everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I right. see how they came from let's do this for a whole season was the original pitch. Yes. To two episodes, to two to episodes. Cram, cram it all in. There's a lot. Okay. Man, that's difficult. Here's yeah. our limerick for year of hell. Part two voyagers, basically a mess. Janeway's strung out from the stress. Tom's plan will work beautifully with a helpful crenum mutiny. Time's restored with no effects, more or less. That's good. I like it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I like it. Thank you good very job. much. Thank yeah. you. And again, I had it's to get very difficult. I had to get mutiny in there because yeah, you, you know you that was a key part. And I had to get that it was Tom's plan because let's be honest, Tom basically reset the timeline with his talking to Oberst and it was Tom and his gradual nudging or Tom's um, slow, but sure this friendship that develops. Yeah. Really, right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's you bond. Yeah. I mean, I could have said this, my haiku could have been just Paris and Oberist bonding, right. That's, Playing that little board game. I mean, there's, I mean, the truth is like, if you look, if you take a step back and you look at like, how did this all get resolved? Yeah. Janeway's uh, faith in the ship and her yeah. her team kept them alive but didn't solve right. the problem and no. chakotay started going down the dark road yeah. with with you know he with his obsession with time and yeah he he did go down there but he also he could still see the big picture he was he still could. trying to get us out of this situation he was right? he says he was trust me let me do it my way you know yeah. so all right, so let's uh, let's start yeah. with the first scene where um, okay. we are. Voyager has been hiding in a nebula. It's very pretty inside there, you know. But the it's problem beautiful. is beautiful. It's a class nine nebula. Yeah, when you're in a nebula, you know the issue there's is there's a lot of gas in the nebula. Gas, yeah, comes into the. It's, yes. like, it's very gassy. Yeah, there's more. There's more gas in a nebula than there yes. is in Robbie and Garrett. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we yes. we have a certain amount of gas that we release, but not as much as a nebula. No, what I'm saying. Okay. So we see Harry and uh, and uh, Janeway, Janeway in the in the corridor, and there's mm -hmm. gas everywhere. And the first thing I thought of was those um, the way that the uh, special effects guys did the gas and smoke and things on on sets like this. Yeah, was it was liquid nitrogen that yeah. they put these tubes all around, and then it was mm -hmm. they they'd turn on these tanks. That were yeah. as big as a as a person. The tank was a right. big, you know, six feet high or something. Mm -hmm. And they'd release the liquid nitrogen, turn it mm -hmm. on or off, and it would come out more or less. Um, yeah. But it was cold, super was cold. Super oh my cold. god! So I saw yeah. you guys in the corridor, and I was like, oh, they must have been freezing cold going through all that smoke. 
Yeah, but I'll tell you, I for me with and we talked about we've talked about this before. How now on sets you guys have LED lighting, lighting, correct? Yeah, but yeah. back in the day, we have that incandescent, yeah, hot, hot, hot lighting. So typically, all of our sets back then were warm, whether or not they were darker or lighter in 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 nature, they were yeah. always warm from any uh, any of the lights they use. Yeah. So that liquid nitrogen, I was happy that they were using that. It was just like cool, uh, cool <laughs> oh, down the God, set I for me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And I do remember filming this scene and I do uh -huh. remember how loud, how absolutely they're those, when they those shoot tanks. out that those tanks, they're yeah. shooting them out. Like a, it's like a fire hose. Yeah. And it's very loud. So you've got um, to, um, you've got, you've to got to loop. talk louder. You got to talk yeah. louder. And then you end up looping all these scenes because exactly. Cause yeah. you can't even hear it. Right. Yeah. It's and I, and also those masks, that's the first time we got to wear those oxygen masks yes yeah, so it know, looked like, like that, a, it right? looked like a cpap machine or a... it it did it probably was a conver <laughs> it was a converted C it looks it like you had master's cpap machine from home <laughs> that he converted into our thing what it so, looked yes. like to me janeway kim do have sleep apnea little, now we know that yes. yes yeah so so they work on this in this panel and trying to seal this ventilation leak that's going on with the right the gas nebula gas coming in harry says there's three minutes of uh, oxygen left in their tanks. And yeah. Janeway says, can you hold your breath? And yeah. So then we realize that both Janeway and Harry have essentially burned their lungs. Mm -hmm. What's happened? Chemical burns. Yeah, yeah, chemical burn. And Harry's gone to sickbay to get treated, but not Janeway. Janeway's still on her feet. The doctor is beseeching her. She's running. She's on the bridge now. And the doctor's telling her, you've got to take the time off to come to get healed by me, you know, yeah. and, and you need it. You just need a break, period. And Janeway says, absolutely not. Just in, mm -hmm. inject me with with what is it? Niox trioxin or something trioxin, like that. Yeah. Will uh, yeah. Mm. Give yeah, me a shot. Of a shampoo. No, it's trioxin. <laughs> Give me a shot of that. Right. Yes. So, um, and he says, nope. Doctors are. Oh, he did say Harry Kim is getting treatments, and he's yeah. he's you know you were supposed to be in there for eight minutes, no more. Yeah. Not eight and a half. Not nine. And certainly not twelve minutes. Twelve that minutes, you were in yeah. there. Yeah, long anyway, time. she's yeah. and I like how uh, Mike Vehar, who directed this episode, um, staged this scene that they were moving around the bridge. The doctor was chasing Jane. Oh, so it was great. You got to mm -hmm. see all the damage. You got to sort of reset yeah. the the situation. And he did goes, he goes, doctor's orders. And she's like, yes. give me the give me the shot. Captain's orders. Yeah. So you see this sort of doctor captain uh, conflict, which is our struggle. Come yeah. back. Yeah. Later on. Um, did you notice the view screen? was completely it was like a holodeck or something just uh you know yeah it looked like at first i thought why are we looking at the holodeck but in reality i think what had happened was our standard view screen is really um it's we can see out right of it yeah. and it also can project an image on there but because that thing has been completely blown to pieces or shattered I, it just looked like there was some type of plating or cover you know they just covered it up and we had just oh it's did funny some random repair and we i thought plating it was i thought the view screen and i don't know the answer to this maybe the fans do but oh the view screen is not a window looking like when we see stars or we see the view in front of us it's not a window that's looking out to space it's a projection almost like you know now that some of these cars have rear view mirrors that aren't really mirrors it's a camera it's a it's it's the image yeah, of what the camera yeah. sees in but it's up on a on a rear view mirror as if it's a mirror but it's not it's come it's a it's a screen coming from the cameras in the back of the you know suv or whatever Correct. It's a projection, but I think we typically also have some type of plexiglass window there that it, we project an image on there as well. Oh. We can look out because we haven't we had shots where it shows the camera starts from outside of the ship and it comes closer onto where the windows of the bridge are. And we come in. We've, we've had we've the had bridge. I know we've you had... duck your head for a second to the left. Let me look at the image of the of the ship behind you. Okay. Um all right. All right. I'm trying to see if I can see some windows there where the bridge would be. But um, but I always felt that we actually had something that was just a window. You're saying it's just a wall the entire time. I think it's a, like, a holodeck it's just like a projection. Hmm. That's okay. what I, th I th and that's when I looked behind her and I and I thought, oh, that's the that's the grid, the holodeck grid that projects everything that we see on the view screen. Hmm. So okay. I don't know. Maybe that's be... what it is. That's a great question, though. But it was, I'd like to know the it answer. Was to damaged, that. Whatever, yeah. What, what, yeah. However, that engineering goes, it was yeah. damaged for sure. 
so then we we move to the next scene. It's Chakotay being grabbed inside the brig of the uh, alien ship. And well, I he get, looks horrible. I right? gotta say, he, looks- he had a porn mustache on. <laughs> I mean, he looks horrible. Yes, <laughs> we talked but, about this thing. It was drawn on. Almost, it was it so like it's... bad. <laughs> this, this, like, well, it, yeah. Again, because this was supposed to be a whole season's worth of episodes, they had to encapsulate everything into two. All their so ideas. All the, so so that, right. Yeah. So all the the scanning, the poking, and the prodding that Chakotay refers to, uh, uh, we don't see any of that. We just see him. Yeah. You know, we see him with his 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 uh, his five o'clock shadow, right? But he's and got then a the mu- he's scene, got a solid. Yeah, he's mustache. got the porn stash. He's got the porn stash. But then, but then the next, you see that for a split second. Then all of a sudden, he's, he's cleaned he's up. Now he's totally cleaned up, and he's wearing a really nice. You know, he he looks he's he's in Kremen Krenim, um uh, wardrobe, and yes. there's no there's he's sh- clean shaven. Well, and they, so they they've skipped a Anorax, lot of stuff. Yeah, Anorax does say. Oh, do yeah. you feel refreshed or you look refreshed or something? Right. So I I assume that meant they pulled him out of the brig after all of this testing. And now yeah. they've given him a shower and let him shave. Yeah. And and he's, right. you know, now we're going to try the sweet, you know, the sweet uh, version of, of. Oh, so good cop now. Good so cop, it was bad yeah. cop before. Now it's good cop. But the funny thing is, do you remember last episode when we reviewed Year of Hell Part One? Yes. I was joking about the fact at the end, I said, I said, yes, Tom and uh, Chakotay have now been abducted by aliens and they're being probed right now. And essentially and we were, that is what happened. Yes. You were probed. We were probed. Yep. <laughs> prodded, poked, scanned for two months. And I love how Anorax calls Paris the, he says, he says, I've never seen such an intransigent young man. So you're, I know. you're, I was you're like, intransigent. intransigent? You're not, yeah. So I, I, I had to even look that up for a second. I'm like, what the hell? Well, that's what Rebecca goes. What does intransigent, intransigent mean? I was like, it's stubborn or it's like, it's yeah. Someone who would not see the views of somebody else, basically. Like yes. You, you were, you're I'm just not going not to gonna change my to mind. the other side. No, you're not going to change your mind, change your mind whatsoever. So yeah. um, first I thought I said intransient, you know, he's intransigent. I'm no, intransigent. intransigent. You're in transit between in two transit. places. Exactly. So you're, essentially you're a troublemaker, you know, is what he's trying to say. Anorax. Yeah. yeah. Um, Paris has a little attitude in this, yeah. in this episode. He which does. I and then, yes. And I then enjoy. you come in, you come in right then after he talks about you for a, a, a bit, then you pop in with your one line looking like, uh, you know, the guy from, um, oh my gosh, what was that? The Rocketeer, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I, I By the was way, like, oh I had gosh. like this very low cut sort yeah, of, you know, it was kind of like a bomber jacket from the Rocketeer, right? With a bomber jacket like. open with all the Opened chest up. hair exposed. I didn't look it at was, your chest hair, but it I was just very, saw very hairy chest. I didn't realize I had such a hairy chest when I was younger. Are you I don't trying to tell me you have less hair now? I don't think I do. <laughs> As have you, as much wait, anymore. So as I'm, you got older, you shed your chest hair. Is that is that does that happen? The McNeil clan, maybe with the McNeil family. Maybe I don't it know. does. I don't know, uh, but I, I didn't I'm, realize I had so much chest hair as a younger man. You, yes, you're very hairy. You should have been Harry Paris. You should have been. <laughs> yeah. instead. You should have been. Yeah. And I would have been Tom, Tom Kim. Kim. Yes, uh, Tom Kim and Harry Paris. Uh, yeah, so you you look good in that wardrobe. I like that wardrobe. I like the wardrobe a lot. Um, I didn't look at your chest hair. I was looking at the wardrobe going, hey, he looks good in that. Yeah. And um, and you are, you're just, you're, you're not agreeable to anything in this nope. episode. You grumpy. are fighting against every, you're grumpy butt. But left look, and right. you know what? I yeah. came up with the plan. I got it. You did. I you take did. the credit you for, you did. I'm going to, we're going to do up this. With the plan. This uh, this mutiny idea, and uh, that's the way we got out of it. Let's talk about the director here. And it's interesting because I've always felt that as a showrunner, um, wouldn't it make more sense to have one director doing both? But then again, with the way that we shot stuff, we would always have one director that was prepping while the other director was filming, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason why we have two different directors in part one and two. But yeah. this part two, directed by Mike Vehar, who, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about Mike. What were your opinions of, how did you feel about working I with Mike I loved Mike. Vehar? I thought he was mm-hmm. great. I think yeah. Mike had been an editor before, my memory. That's right. Served. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think he was an editor. So he, he, he was very efficient with the way he shot. He was very quiet. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, I remember him being soft-spoken and very, but yeah. just very, um, very editor like, wouldn't you say a lot yes. of editors are pretty quiet kind of, you know, people yeah, kind of, kind quiet. of yeah, yeah. But I liked, I liked him yeah. a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a, a cool guy and uh, agreed. Agreed. Easy to he, work with. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, as I remember, he had lived in Venice, uh, at Venice beach, 
for a long, long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was okay. living in Venice. Uh, I lived right. there back when we made the show. Yeah. So we kind of, uh, Mike and I had a lot of like neighborhood spots that we both oh. had in common. And he had been in Venice when it was a really rough area. Mm. And I, you know, when I had come in there, it was already starting to change into a much more um, gentrified, I guess, kind of neighborhood. And then I think by the time we finished Voyager, Mike had retired near the end of our run. I thought he did a great job in this episode, by the he way. He really did. He really did. He did a great job. I agree. So now the scene is every, all these, these amazing dishes are, are laid forth for you two to eat. And then from his conversation, we, Anorex's conversation, we then realize that these are all that remain of various civilizations that yes. have been eradicated the, that have been erased from time yeah, it says the wine is is all that's left of a once powerful malkoth race erased. that was so gave me that the creeps at that yeah. point i was i was thinking like oh my goodness and, this and is, then i noticed myself that tom was eating and part yeah. of me was thinking i was like when before before i realized why yeah. But Paris had started eating and i was like why was i eating it feels like a casual thing to do when the scene is about this first confrontation, but then there's a line where he says, oh, Mr. Paris, you're devouring what's left of the Alceron empire. Right. So I, I'm sure that I had to eat because they wanted him to say that, but I thought, I don't think I would have eaten in this moment. Probably not. But then I just, I valid the way I validated your eating was you guys have been probed and prodded and, you know, yes. for two months straight. So probably not getting great food you know, and probably malnourished. And so yeah. this is the first time that you've seen good food in front of you. So yeah. I assumed that's what it was, but, yeah. but, but because we don't see that, that lead up to this point, we don't see any of those scenes yeah. that we don't really get the, you know, it just seems a little casual because you don't see what happened before this. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, Anorax propose, uh, well, the end of this scene is, is basically Anorax proposes a deal. Yes. Okay. You Paris doesn't buy it at all. Paris is like, I'm done. No, forget mm -hmm. it. I'm not going to help you. This is ridiculous. You know, how many more civilizations and how many more people are you going to kill? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not into this. And Chakotay is like, sit down, sit down, sit down. No, this is no, we're going to work on this together. We're going to just Mr. Paris, chill out. Um, so that's the end of that scene. Mm -hmm. And, and you don't recall shooting it. Do you re remember shooting any of these? I, as we, as I watched this episode, I, it's some of these did come back to me, like the scene yeah. with um, Oberst where I'm playing the him? game. Yeah. 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 And I'll get to that once we get to Oberst. Yeah. I, I do remember. But yeah. And by the way, he says, uh, Anorak says to Chakotay, he says, you know, I, 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 I um, feel in you this instinct of time, Chakotay, that you, you connect in the same way that I do. Right. With the art of time. He starts talking yeah. about, you know, how Chicote connects. And it reminded yeah. me of a book that oh. I read years ago. And I actually was thinking about this book recently. I wanted to reread it. It's a book called Time and the Art of Living. And it talks about time kind of philosophically Ooh, about like this. Yeah. About how the past, the present, the future, like there is no other time than the, this moment. And mm -hmm. then there's no other time than this moment. Yeah. But yet the past and the future are also in this timeline that are all one thing. And it's it's very like, much like, like in, this episode, like this episode, <laughs> very much like this episode. And that book, Time and the Art of Living, came to mind as I watched the scene and as I nice. heard him talking about the art of time. Um, we go to the mess hall, though, mm. in the next scene. There is what looks like a dinner party. They're sort of toasting <laughs> and then they all sort of drink this drink. And you see everyone's re reactions like, yeah, oh. And you realize uh, Neelix says he has concocted this thing and he's he's named it the Elixir of Endurance. And I love this is something that we should offer in our store as well. Yes, the Elixir <laughs> of Endurance. Uh, seven, I love Seven's line when she drinks it and she goes, it is offensive. It is offensive. It literally <laughs> made me laugh out loud. Can we say that at some point in our lives? You yes. know, if we don't like the taste of something. It is offensive. It is offensive. <laughs> uh, Janeway says to the group, she wants to go back to open space. They can't stay hiding mm. out here forever. And we need to go back to open space and, and gather a fighting force. So you see what her, her strategy is, is to like confront them. And Seven disagrees. Seven yeah. says no. You know, the ship is too damaged. We should 
you know, wait until we can get more uh, repairs done and then mm-hmm. decide. And Janeway basically finishes the scene with, nope, we're, uh, we're getting out of here. We're leaving tomorrow. So that's right. That's right. But it is a beautiful exterior. It's a beautiful, you can look out the window there from the mess hall and all you see is that beautiful purple nebula. So it is some, you know, something nice to look at, even though everything else is just, you know, gone to poop. Um, So yeah, so she makes the decision we've got to go. And seven is sort of like uh, not advisable until we're at full capacity and Captain Janeway kind of sets, sets her straight and says, no, we're not doing that. We're going to go. We're going to do this. Uh, yep. We jump over to the corridor and it's a great scene. The way that Tuvok lost his eyesight because Seven insisted on staying at that panel when Tuvok said, you've got to get out of here. It's going to blow right. up. Right. Um, and he protected Seven. So she yeah. feels this obligation to walk him around everywhere yeah. because he's blind, yeah. which yeah. is a very sweet detail of this, uh, both these episodes. True, true. So yeah, so Tuvok is being escorted by Seven down the dark mm-hmm. corridor, and he says, mm-hmm. "You know, it is inappropriate to contradict the captain's authority." Mm-hmm. And Seven sort of doesn't understand this. Yep, yep. And Tuvok says, "Captain, just remember, the captain is always right. Always right." <laughs> and she's like, "You even believe that?" He's like, and he's like, "Perhaps." <laughs> At the end, he's like, "Yeah." But still, I love this interaction between the two stoic you know, yeah. non-emotional characters and, yeah. and people that think that two non-emotional characters in a scene is boring is incorrect. I think it's very interesting. I like this. I thought it was great. Um, we go back over to Anorak's ship and Chakotay uh, tells Anorax about this, this um, rogue comet that forced them into Krenum space. And he's thinking yeah. uh, if they could get rid of this comet, right, then it wouldn't force them into Krenum space. And then and uh, yeah. this whole timeline, like they could fix it that way. And so yeah. Anorax is like, you think that's going to work? Okay. Run us, run a simulation on that. See what, mm-hmm. see what that does. Yeah. So Chakotay goes over and he runs a simulation on the computer and you mm-hmm. see this thing wipe out. Basically it turns out it would wipe <laughs> out about 8,000 entire civilizations in that timeline. <laughs> yeah. Not eight, 8,000 civilizations, 000. not 8,000 people, 8,000 civilizations. Yeah. This comet that Chakotay wants to get rid of for his own purposes actually ended up being helpful in starting uh, the evolutionary process that led to all of these civilizations. So he does, and Anorak says something here, again, it reminded me of this book. He said the past, the present, and the future, they exist as one, they breathe together. Mm -hmm. And I love the way he put that. It's beautifully written. And it reminds me of this book where it talks about the art of time and from a philosophical perspective, if if you can imagine that time is one thing. So people who have been dear to us in our lives, for to, dear to me in my life, for example, uh, who have died. Yep. When I sometimes think of those relationships, I think about this book because it brings time, all time into one moment, into the now. And it reminds me that those people who are important to me are still here with me in some way if time is the past, present, and future breathing as one, exist as one. So I I just love this idea, even though I struggle with time travel and timeline stories, usually in science fiction, some of the way it's described in this episode really made sense to me. Yeah, so Anorax is showing Chakotay the ropes, basically. And we we learned from this conversation that Anorax has been at it for 200 years. Yes. That's a long time trying to get get the timeline corrected to where he wants it. Um, We jump back to the bridge and the ship is now being bombarded by these these meteorites. Micro meteor. Micro meteor shower. Is that what it is? It says micro meteoroid shower. I've never micro meteoroid, meteoroid which is like tiny little, you know, like stones, but they're. just hitting the ship, pelting the ship. And we don't have any shields. No. So Janeway says, uh, you know, what about deflector control? We don't have, we've lost deflector control. Yes. Yeah. And she says, uh, you'll find me. I'll be in the deflector control room. And and Tuvok says, that's a hazard four level, you know, hazard level four. You can't go there. And she goes anyway. 
She goes anyway. She goes That's anyway. We see her going down the hall. We see her open this door and then there's fire inside yeah. the yeah. deflector control room. Um, and the, w- the way that we do this, just so you know, when you shoot fire scenes like this, yeah. when she opens the door that you see fire in front of the lens, there's just a little fire bar that they put. It, it's like what you would yeah, have it, on your grill it, at home. Yeah, it's a, it's and they so just funny. stick it on a stand, and it comes up in front of the lens. So it yeah. looks like from the what the lens sees that there's fire in the whole room, and there's the right. actor pretending like there's yeah. fire everywhere. Yeah, and there's it's, lights usually interacting on their face to make it look like there's a lot more flames. It's yeah. usually just a little a little bar in front of yeah. the lens, and that's all yeah. that's there. Yeah, there's n- there's no danger to Kate Mulgrew no, no. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, she's not going to get burned. Don't worry. But I love how after she sees a fire, she looks around and she's like, OK, and she picks up a little piece of rubble <laughs> as a shield. So she picks up basically a piece of corkboard is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And she decides to go through and run into that room, runs that into the on. fire. Yeah. And then Harry talks through what she's yeah. doing. So we go back right. to Harry there. Yeah. And he's basically so we don't see her dealing yeah. with this fire we just hear him saying she's doing this she's doing that right and then when we finally cut back to her she's laying she's, on the floor well well for before we cut back it's dead quiet we don't hear anything from her oh yeah right? so they were like oh boy and then it cuts back to her on the floor totally burned and disfigured unconscious looking and yeah. yes so that must yeah. have been a pretty big makeup job because huge yeah job yeah. um big time and then um so the doctor is basically treating her in the uh, mess hall triage area. And we find out that she has suffered third degree burns to 60% mm-hmm. of her body. Um, and the doctor, you know, after a long conversation, it's still the power struggle between the doctor and, and Janeway is he's happening. He's insisting and do- this time. He's like insisting, you, yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, I forget what exactly what he says, but basically like you've, you've had, you know, uh, crisis fatigue syndrome or whatever he called it. I forget what he called it, but he's like, I think he's called, I think he said traumatic stress syndrome. Stress is what syndrome. He said. Yeah. That, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says, you know, I have the power to relieve you of duty captain mm-hmm. as the chief medical officer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, he's, and she says, and then I will just, I, I will turn t- off. Your, I, t- I will deactivate, your, deactivate program. your program. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then she apologizes though. Right. So at least she felt bad about that. She yeah, was like, the, she's still going to go. And so he yeah. says, okay, I'm going to relieve you of duty. And he yeah. talks to the computer. Yeah. And then she's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to enforce this? Because <laughs> there's no brig. There's, there's no brig. There's no, my chief security <laughs> officers injured. There's no security detail. There is a security Zero. officer, but he's blind. He's so blind. how is he going to find how me? How are you going to enforce me? this? Yeah. yeah. It's not going to happen. And uh, and she says, I'm out of here. So yeah. uh, and yeah. he even says the doctor even says you could be court-martialed when we go. Home. Yeah. If you survive right. this and if we go home, you are doing something that is very against Starfleet protocols. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the next thing it uh, we see on the screen, day 207 at this point. Oh, yes. And yes. it's and we see Janeway walking down a corridor. With Neelix. Uh, with Neelix. And they're assessing mm-hmm. the ship damage. And it's a corridor walk. And they end mm-hmm. up at Chicote's quarters. Yes. And she walks inside. And it's really damaged. You see this kind of tender moment. She's looking around. And then she sees. The music changes, too. You hear it? It gets yeah. all like. It, it gets all J.C. Shipper music. Yes. yes. J.C. Mm-hmm. Shipper. And uh, she sees the pocket watch yes. that he had tried to give her for her birthday. It's lying on the floor. And yeah. she says, wow, he disobeyed orders. He didn't recycle this watch. Yeah. And there's not a scuff on it. That's what's so funny. It's it's, it's in perfect it's, shape. Yeah, like it looks everything, shiny. It's everything shiny. else is, yeah, everything, everything else, including everyone's faces, is covered with soot. But this pocket watch is pristine. There's nothing. But it's a there. sweet moment. It was it is this a sweet was moment. One of those moments I thought was very poetic and very very, you know, sweet. And I like that's the stuff about this episode that I really like these kind of moments. Um, and I love how she puts it on her hip and sort of asks Neelix, like, hey, what do you think? How does it look? Yeah. Um, now that's her good luck charm. Yeah. From her Chicote. Exactly. Her darling Chicote. So we're now in the Crinum time ship, which is, I think we're in maybe a public space or something like that. It's not anyone's, or maybe it's, it's hey, like maybe a lounge it is over, or maybe it's somebody's it's, yeah, quarters. Yeah, lounge or could be Actually, quarters. I don't think it is. Right? public space because they wouldn't be talking yeah they wouldn't be talking like that so it's over his quarters because he's 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 the first officer so clearly he's got some pretty big or decent sized quarters yeah and this is the scene 
So we come into Paris and Obris playing some kind of game. It looks like checkers. It's like a or board game. Some yes. kind of board game. Like futuristic and Chinese checkers. Yeah. yeah. And Paris wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as we come in, he's he's like, chick, 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 makes the moves. Okay, I win. And uh, Obris says something like, your endgame se- sequence was the same one favored by my brother. Right. And kind of... Uh, takes a moment that you can see he's he's moved and paris mm-hmm. even says well to quote a long lost friend of mine talking about tuvok it seemed like the logical move right. which i thought was a nice little thing so in this in this scene as i was re-watching it all of a sudden a lot of things did come back to me i remembered filming this scene i remember playing okay. this game because we were making up some game that didn't exist yeah. obviously yeah and i remember having a long conversations with john laprino who played Obrist. Because John, and I didn't remember this last week when we watched the part one, he was, when we were filming this episode, doing these scenes, Mm -hmm. we realized that we had both been on ABC soap operas uh, at the same time. I was on All My Children. He was on One Life to Live. And those studios were only a block apart. And and so we would, we, our paths would uh, cross all the time and, he was uh, on One Life to Live with a very good friend of mine named Doug Wirt, mm. who I'm still friends with to this day. And yeah. uh, um, John Laprino. Yeah. So I remember having a lot of like ABC soap opera from the 80s conversations with him when we were sure. filming, filming this scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. He played so had a Cord, little bonding with him. Cord yeah. Roberts. I looked it up, but he played okay. on One Life to Live. But anyway, uh, so Obrist is in the scene. He's haunted. Uh, by celebrating uh, the birthday of his brother because he realized that he's celebrating birthdays of dead people and people who never existed. And he feels horrible. And there's a moment there where you see Paris sort of respond and Paris goes, you know, takes a long pause and says, I am so sorry. And it was a really sweet, I I thought I really liked that scene a lot. I I did too. I did too. Now, my question for you was, um, was that game or that last move made by made up by you? I think Did so. You come, yeah, so. I, I think the props guys. So it was, I think John, John Nesteritz or uh, Charlie Russo probably on yeah. set were our props guys. And I think they sort of had an idea in mind, but okay. I think it was me and the director. We just kind of said, all right, how many moves do you want? And yeah, we didn't really figure out what the whole game, how the whole game works, but yeah. I, I seem to recall um, head of props was, was Alan Sims. Is Alan that right? Sims was the head, yeah. but he, yeah. he so, usually wasn't on set. It was usually right. uh, Johnny Nestowitz or, right. or Charlie Russo. Yeah. Right. But the times that he was on set, I, I recall, you know, anyone from props, whenever we had something new to work with, yeah. they would say, well, you know, you could do this. And they would show us like, okay, if you, you some ideas this around, yeah, some yeah. ideas, or you could try this. And so they, so we were, from what I recall, we were never, ever given like, you must move this, this way. And then mm-hmm. to the left and then five degrees to the right, no, nothing precise like that. It was no. always the props guys were like, look, this is what we constructed. Um, this, this part of the prop moves like this, this does this. And if you want, you could do something like this, or you could do yeah. something like that. And then I, I think the actor was left up with the final decision, which is so rare because, you know, we never got to change the lines. We never got to do, we were so yeah. locked into that script. And so to have a little bit of freedom to be able to do something different with the blocking of something that's a prop was kind of nice to have yeah. that, you know, yeah. you felt you, you were being creative at least. Yeah. Right? So. And making okay. it make that's sense a- in the, in the logic of the scene, you know, mm-hmm. it was nice yeah. that they gave us props and gave us the freedom to sort of figure out moves that would make the most sense. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was great. Uh, Paris now tells Chakotay. In Chakotay's quarters. In Chakotay's quarters, he comes Mm -hmm. in, he says he's got a plan. um, That the shields of this ship are very weak. And if you can just take this core offline, conventional weapons uh, would easily take uh, this ship. So uh, Chakotay says... um, you know, that he wants to solve this problem. He, if he can yeah. just figure out the right calculation, he can solve this. And he and Paris start getting into an argument. Paris is like, this yeah. crew is ready to mutiny. They've been doing this for 200 years. And That's the like, other weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the crew is a weakness. The ship is a weakness. Like, mm-hmm. why are you trying to solve this like Anorax? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I made the note that he's Chicote starting to sound like Anorax already. I don't remember mm-hmm. if Paris literally said that as a line, but right. clearly you start to see Chicote sort of going down the Anorax road of mm-hmm. he can he can get 
get the you know save Voyager with with the right calculations and correct. And Paris says like you know what I'm just going to do my own thing. And then that's when Chicote goes no 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 now you that's this is an order this is an order. And then and then, and then you were like being this the smart aleck that you that Paris is. He's like oh really you're going to take away my rations while oh, yeah. we're here? What are you going to do? And then Chicote goes no no if you disobey. We're going to have to handle it the old fashioned way. We're going to have to throw down is what it is. And I started laughing so hard, just imagining Chakotay and Paris in a fist fight. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Well, they have some history, you know, that they, you know. There is, there is When we first got on the ship, there was definitely tension there that never really got resolved. So there's there's, tension. There's stuff there. Yeah, he says we'll settle our differences the old fashioned way. And then before anything, anyone can respond beyond that. An alarm goes off. That's right. And uh, we cut to the bridge of this time ship and they're preparing for a temporal incursion to eradicate the Ram Izzad, this planet, uh, this uh, species called the Ram Izzad. And he basically fires this this, uh, temporal weapon and it destroys the the planet or it's a total erasure of that species. Gone. And... uh, he does it. And Paris says, is this what you call enlightened? You know, he yeah. says to Chakotay. Um, and and Paris also says to Chakotay, if you don't do something about this maniac, I will. So yeah. this tension is still there. And Paris still, still believes they've got to take this into their own hands. And, and mm-hmm. trying to play nice guy and play along with him is not going to work. Yeah. Um, but that's not resolved yet. And Chakotay goes into Anorax's quarters and Actually, I would say that would be Anorax's ready room because it's right room. off yes. the bridge, right? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yes, and uh, he confronts him. He's like, he, "You didn't have to take that that planet. Why'd you do that?" Right? And then we find out through the conversation that it's all about trying to get Kiana Prime back, this one colony. Yeah. Right. That's the whole. This is what's been driving Anorax for two hundred years. Keanu Prime. Keanu, I just love. It's what, that they named it after Keanu Reeves. It's, it's awesome. Kiana instead of Keanu. It's not a new, but if, if you want to call it Keanu, yeah, you can't. I'm going to call it Keanu Prime. Fine. I'll switch to your side. Uh, but Chicote knows. Yeah. Chicote knows this is about Keanu Prime. And he says, What did you lose? <laughs> like, what, what is it? Yeah. Because he's done the calculation. So he's mm-hmm. kind of down that Anorax road. He's in the Anorax, mm-hmm. you know, Team mm-hmm. Anorax a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and Anorax says it his wife, his children, his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole future was erased. It yeah. was all erased and he's trying to fix it. And he, he also talks about time having moods, which I yes. thought was interesting. Well, yeah, the, the, the personification of time by Anorax is yeah. very interesting. It's time has become a person. It's, yeah. it's become an individual that he's dealing with. Right. Yeah. And I, and that final line that he says that only time can pronounce judgment against mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So time itself. And he talks about time getting angry too, being angry at him, you know? So yep. yeah, everything is, is, is now personified, uh, which is very, very interesting. And, yeah. you know, and also just, I just want to say, man, you guys have free run of the ship. I mean, after being confined in, co- <laughs> they really in a trust us. And, well, after they probed you guys for so long, then they were like, you know what? That's fine. They yeah. can just have, they can get their own quarters. They can walk around. They <laughs> we'll can do anything they want. They can have clothes. all the food they want. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> it's, it's a big, it's a big jump. <laughs> it's a big jump. But see, if this was a year long worth of episodes, it wouldn't have been a big jump. Well, we would have seen I the gradual right. procession. It, b- because it had to happen so fast, I think the way that they rationalize that is that yeah. Chakotay is really befriending Anorex. Like, you know, yeah. Anorex and Chakotay feel like they're in yeah, sync. They're, and they, they t- both respect each other and they both admire each other. Yeah. You can, it's clear that, you know, they're, they're, this is the bromance. This is the Chakotay Anorex bromance yeah. for sure. So uh, we go from that scene with Anorex and Chakotay, and now we're with uh, Paris and Chakotay. In Chakotay's quarters. In Chakotay's quarters, and Paris is pissed. Oh, so much arguing going on. And Chakotay's, you know, kind of rationalizing in the beginning. And Paris Paris says to Chakotay that Anorax is insane. Mm -hmm. And then Chakotay immediately counters, no, not insane, wounded, maybe tortured. Right. Yeah. So he's still on the anorex. Defending path. anorex. Defending him. Yeah. This is and my he bro. Says, he says, yeah, anorex lost his family. And then Paris responds, we've lost, we lost our, our family. family. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. sure. He lost his family. We lost our family, Voy- our Voyager family. Yeah. And that's when Chicote 
yeah. finally listens. That's the click. Yeah. That's the click. That um, is when the light, the light switch gets turned on. And that's when Chakotay says, okay, tell me what send you got. a message. Yeah. Send a message. Yeah. Tell me what you got. And then send a message to Janeway. Yeah. Tell her where we're at. Right. So yeah, and Paris says, uh, he's talking, he says, okay, I'll tell you what's up. Uh, I talked to Oberst and uh, uh, Oberst says we can use this uh, communicator. He can open a communication channel. We can send a message to Voyager. Right. And, uh, and, and you can send it from your own quarters. Yeah. He says send that. It from your own quarters. <laughs> and Paris says, you know, so we'll send a message to Janeway if she's still alive. And Chakotay's like, oh, she's alive. Oh, yeah. She's, <laughs> he's so sure she's alive. And well, again, to the JC shippers, when you're in love with somebody, you can feel if they're alive. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> and then Chakotay says, okay, go send, send, uh, send Janeway a message. And I start, Paris starts to leave and he goes, oh, and Tom, he says, give Catherine my best. Another, like between the, oh, she's alive and give her my best. What are the fans supposed to think? Like the writers well, wrote this. Yeah. Like there's some special connection in the watch, the pocket watch, and she's going to wear it. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't well, know how the all, writers did not put them together. Well, yeah. And the best the subtext is my love. Give mm -hmm. her my love, not mm -hmm. my best. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we have an exterior shot in space and we see Voyager and then we see four other ships. We see yeah. two ships, which we learned to be Nahydran ships, and two Mawasi ships. Now, if you remember, when we read the Netflix synopsis, they talked about an armada, yes. an armada of ships. I was picturing now, hundreds this is a, of ships. Yes, including Voyager. That's a quintet. That's yes. four alien ships. And then later we learn there's a third ship that pops in there. So there's six ships that come against them, but we don't see that in this exterior shot. So somebody screwed up in terms of uh, the getting armada. the right number. Yeah, I mean, well, not only the armada, but it should have been six ships uh, on screen instead of the five right now, because yeah. later they refer to as six ships coming against the uh, time ship and uh, armada and then janeway talks about the fleet again a fleet or armada is dozens of ships right or maybe yeah. hundreds of ships not four <laughs> or five <laughs> or six yeah. so it's a little skimpy yeah. Yeah, a little skimpy armada but we we go onto the bridge and janeway is uh, telling everybody that she's analyzed this transmission this communication mm -hmm. it is real because yep. paris sent this code whatever the starfleet code that is kind of super secret and uh, couldn't possibly be anybody else. So he sent this message. It's real. And when they're in range, he will take the core offline and then they can disable the ships basically. Yeah. So she yeah. says to Harry and Bellana, you guys arm the temporal shielding. Torres expresses her concerns, which uh -huh. Janeway sort of says, no, it's okay. And then in private, Tuvok expresses his concerns yeah, that maybe she should abandon the ship. Yeah. This survival the odds of mm -hmm. success are marginal, he says. Right. And then I thought this is a really interesting parallel because now you have Janeway speaking to Tuvok and there is a personification of the Voyager ship. Yeah. He itself. says she's, I love this line. He, they, Tuvok has a line. He says, quote, I have never understood the human compulsion to emotionally bond with inanimate objects. Yeah. This yeah. vessel has done nothing. It's mm -hmm. an assemblage of bulkheads, conduits, and tritanium, nothing That's more. Right. Mm -hmm. And he really just lays it out there. Like, this is just yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like, and she says she feels as close to Voyager to the ship as any yeah. other member of her crew. Yeah. She personifies this ship. Yeah. And not unlike Anorax personifying time, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. It's just the like, other thing oh, that yeah. came to my mind when she was talking about, she feels as close to Voyager as any member of the crew. Yeah. And I remember when we first started this show and we had that lunch over in the, at the commissary dining room. Yeah. And I feel like I remember whether it was to all of us, the whole group, or whether it was just to me in a side conversation with Rick Berman or, or one of the writers or someone, but they said something like, I think it was Rick. He said, you know, the, the star of this show is the ship. It's not the actors. It's the ship. And when I heard this description of, well, this vessel is nothing more than a assemblage of bulkheads, conduits, titanium, nothing more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Janeway defending it going, no, this is, this mm. is just like a crew member. I, my mind went to, Oh, that's like what Rick said. It's like a cast member. Yeah. It's not only like a cast member, 
It is the star. The cast member. The cast member, the Voyager, is the star, according to Mm -hmm. that conversation before Mm -hmm. we started filming the show. And then it's probably the captain is the co-star. And the rest of us are just like, you know, uh, from a writer's point of view, I said, this is what I got from that comment and mm-hmm. at our lunch that time is like, all okay. of you are sort of dispensable and you serve the ship and the ship is the star. Okay. Which hmm. I thought was a really... I don't really... recall him saying that. So this might've been an aside to you. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I just remember that conversation about all of you human characters, deliver your lines, less emotional, emotional. very military yeah, to yes. make every all the aliens look real. That's what I recall, yeah. which some people have disputed me on that, but I'm going to stand by my guns on that one. Well, I thought it was just interesting that in the writing, they sort of supported the same idea that this ship is... Yeah. Is a is is a cast member, whether it's the star or not, I guess is debatable. But well, and Brandon being the star protege of Rick Berman, that would make sense, you know, for him to since he wrote this episode. Mm -hmm. Right. I also really want to say I love this moment where she hugs Tuvok and there's a long, really meaningful hug. And then you see Tuvok's hand come up slowly and he slowly hugs and, her back. and yeah. hugs her back which is mm-hmm. great yeah it was a good moment and then seven stepping in you know very, very sweetly to take tuvok away and then janeway walks around to her chair and the camera kind of moves around as she gets in front of her chair and then she looks to chakotay's chair his empty chair mm-hmm. and checks the watch that she's got on her hip yeah and i thought oh it's awesome and touching then the, the camera pulled back with her just yeah. sitting alone on the bridge She's going to do this by herself. Great shot by Mike Zahar. Great concept from the writers. Just all around that that whole scene and that moment worked so well for me. Now, you know, the the battle scene now that comes up, it's a little confusing to me because all the ships have been equipped with temporal shielding. Okay, so typically that means we are impervious to that weapon that they have, right? But yet as we start the battle... The two, um, the Hydran ships, you know, they, they, they take a couple of shots, they peel off. And as they're flying away for a second, they're, they're about to come around for a second pass. And that's when the time ship fires and they're just, they're gone. It's like, well, those shields did nothing. It was like, what did you, how did you, how did you interpret that part? Mm, Yeah, I guess I did interpret it. That was the temporal weapon working on them. Right. But they uh, had temporal shields, evidently. So because uh, they talked about that before. So that shouldn't have worked so effectively yeah. on them. But w- regardless, uh, yeah. then the tension is up there because now we can see they can just take people out so quickly. And Janeway mm-hmm. is now getting a little nervous. And she's like, well, I'm still waiting for Mr. Paris to deactivate the core. And we, and we see and- Tom in this room typing away on the smallest keypad I've ever seen. <laughs> but, but that's what's so funny to me because it's so tiny and that's the, 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 um, it's on the game stakes table. are so high, but yes, but the it's stakes still, are so high. The stakes are so high and yeah. he's back but at the game you, table. But with you, the, yes, it's like, the, me, it's the size of a tricorder. Or do you want to, okay. This is the, this is the, this is the metaphor is it, or the analogy I'm going to say. Yeah. It's sort of like somebody, um, somebody needing something typed up to get to meet a deadline for a newspaper and they cut over. They're like, look, we've got, we've got, uh, two minutes left and we got to get the story done. And they cut over to the, to the junior copywriter guy and he's typing on the typewriter one finger at a yeah, time. That's, that's what it, what it looked like. like to me. I'm laughing going like, Oh my God, the tension is so high, but Paris has to be slow about it. Cause it's so tiny. You can't really go fast on a tiny, tiny little they even had an insert of his fingers oh on, and you saw yeah. like six letter alien letters. And that was about like, yeah. what combination of these six letters could you possibly like, how long can you type on this little no. tiny thing? No. So thank God. Oberist who did uh, ABC um, soap operas with you. Uh, yes. He saves the day. He's like with a no, real typewriter. Yeah. He's just (laughs) with a real keyboard. Yeah. So he's the one that just ends up deactivating the the core, core. not Paris, because Paris is too slow on the tiny, tiny console. And he beams you and Chakotay over to one of the Moasi ships, not Voyager, one of the Moasi ships. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, it's it's all Paris is doing to convince him that he needs to mutiny now. And so that was really the uh, the saving grace for this episode. Again, Paris Paris. saved the time. Paris saves the day. He saved the the show. We would have been dead. The ship would have been destroyed because in a moment, 
conventional weapons are armed. They start firing. Yeah. And there is a great space space ship collision with mm. one of the uh, one of our one of the Mawasi or Mawasi. one of the, the hydrant. Yeah. It mm. kind of comes sideways and and collides into Voyager and. Yeah. You see Janeway crawling across the debris on the floor. The view screen yeah. is now wide open to space. Like the mm -hmm. ship has come apart and you just see a bit of a force field holding, you yeah. know, the the um, oxygen inside because That's it's it. wide That's open it. to space. Yeah. And yeah. she uh, sets a collision course mm -hmm. with Anorax's ship. And that's a gamble. You know, she doesn't know that this is yep. going to work, right? But she tells everyone else, disable your temporal shields because when this thing blows, you you want to make sure that you're not shielded from it. You want to yep. be, you want to, you want to be part of the reset of this timeline. Yeah, right. She so wants to restore and reset. It's going to be restored. Yeah. Yes. And I love when she gets in position to to collide to yeah. to to take that uh, you know that moment. She says, "Times up, times up." But it's like two sentences like it's very dramatic it's so it's great great reading i do like just to just to go back a little bit i do love the beam out effect that the crenum the crenum uh beaming transporter technology mm -hmm, does mm -hmm. it, it looks totally different from what we used you know whenever you yeah. see a starfleet a transporter uh, working it's a different effect than the crenum one which it mm -hmm, should be right mm -hmm. there should it shouldn't look exactly the same so yep. i kind of like the the crenum beam, beaming mm -hmm. effect so janeway goes kamikaze and it she does did. save the day. It does yeah. save the day. It resets everything, right? We're we back see, where and the we see his left. little um, his little altar with his wife's hair. Mm -hmm. We see that crash in slow motion, which is funny because yeah. we didn't often use slow motion. And in right. this season, season four of our yep. our show, is the first time now. I feel like I've seen this twice, maybe three times. Some slow well, motion, which we yeah. never used hardly. Ever. No, but notice the other time that it was used was in Year of Hell Part One. When Janeway's cough, lucky coffee oh, falls, yeah. remember? And so that was slow mo, and it breaks. So this was sort of like the bookend slow mo oh, breaking uh, thing, right? So yeah. that's that was the, the the theme, I think. That's right. Know? Yeah. So, so like we crash the ship, and all of a sudden we cut back on the bridge, and it's a repeat of the other scene before it we is. went. We ran into Crenum Space a couple episodes right. back. Right. We go right back to the same dialogue. We see the same yeah. guy. We run into the same guy. Yeah. And this time he says, you know, this is disputed territory. Uh, I would advise you to go around it. And Which we do. And Chicote is like, sure. Sure. Let's plot the, <laughs> plot the coordinates. Let's go around it. Uh, and so all of this is avoided. All so of this no one is... has any, no one has any recollection of what just happened. Correct. I mean, no, nobody isn't no. that how you you get that right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, once it's been erased, you don't even know that the Krenum even uh, at least, at least um, Anorax. No. You don't know that Anorax existed. That's all gone. Well, Anorax, we we cut to this tag here where yeah. Anorax is back on his on Keanu Prime. Yes, and he's do he's working hard because he's a workaholic. <laughs> Yep. And his wife comes in slightly creepily, I will say. I was like, <laughs> why is she being so weirdly smiling and like, what's up? But she comes in and she's like, well, yeah. it's a beautiful day out. Why don't you, you know, stop working and come outside? Yeah. And he takes a moment and then he goes, I suppose that I can make time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he gets up and walks away. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, what right. would you what's your get? theme? What would oh uh, my stars? Yeah, what, I'm how many give stars this, uh, out of ten stars? How many would you give it? I'm gonna give it seven. I'll give oh, this one seven. Okay. Yeah. I was giving this a seven and a half. I think I gave. Oh, you the, gave it more. I gave oh. the last one a six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. And you, you were seven, I think, on the yeah. last part one. Right. So I, I went I up stay a whole, with mine. I went up a whole point on this one because I thought Why? I thought the idea of time, how it was explained, was I loved Anorax's sort of. His philosophical approach to it, I like that Chakotay could sort of connect with that in some ways. Mm -hmm. I love to see this character, this idea of Janeway sort of going down with the ship. And I don't know, this one was a little more epic and a little more emotional than the first. Mm -hmm. The first one I felt was a was a big setup. That's why I give it a six and a half. This felt like a payoff at seven and a half. Okay. What about you? You said seven? I say seven. Yeah, it yeah. stays pretty consistent about the same. for me. Yeah, about the same as before. It's still it's a good episode for sure. Um, uh, what is your overall theme or your lesson from this? My theme was make time for the things that matter. 
Okay. That's my lesson I got out of there. Cause he, yes. you know, cause he was haunted by Anorax was haunted by the fact that he, uh, had he lost, didn't give that. Yeah. Yeah. All he had that lost time. the time with his family and wanted to get it back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Obrist was haunted by the fact that he's sort of celebrating these birthdays of people who are gone. You can't, you know, there's no yeah. more time with them. So uh, make time for things that matter. Yeah, that's my lesson. What about you? Good. I think um, I think a couple of things. I think it's a cautionary tale. Um, the cautionary tale part of it is, you know, in that conversation between Anorex and Chakotay, Chakotay was was telling him, you didn't have to take out that planet, you know, the, and these are, and Anorax responds with, that's one civilization. You have to understand, you know, I have the power to control everything. That's one. Oh, it's only one civilization. And Chakotay is like, yeah, but even one civilization, even one person mm-hmm. is that matters. You know what I'm saying? So the cautionary tale that I'm talking about is that when you get used to, to eradicating civilization when after civilization, numb. yeah, you get- you're numb. And, and the parallel could be someone in the military. You know, if you're used to killing somebody, the the enemy mm. over and over again, like it's nothing. Another another death is just like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? So the cautionary tale is you lose your humanity when you if if you're not careful. It's very mm-hmm. easy to fall into this thing where you're just like, it's just another life, whatever, you know. Um, so uh, that's the cautionary tale part of it. And so I mm-hmm. guess the lesson really is that all life is valuable. Mm-hmm. All life has, all life has meaning, you know, mm-hmm. every, every individual, every organism, every living organism has meaning and has value mm-hmm. and should be cherished. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It shouldn't mm-hmm. be so trivial, but if you've been to, if you've been doing it for 200 years, <laughs> I guess trivial is the name of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I just think the overall lesson is just to, to realize that every single life is, uh, has purpose and yeah. meaning. Nice. I like it. Okay. Well, that was fun. That was fun. What is next week? Next week, we will be tackling random thoughts. Nice. Mm -hmm. Random thoughts is kind of like the Tom Paris fan club from back in the day (laughs) called Random Flight. Random Flight. (laughs) Uh, This is is a close cousin. See, that's it. Of yeah. the fan club, yeah. So at your fan club meetings, they should only show random thoughts random as thoughts. an episode. It was the only for the episode we watched. Flight. Yeah, it's exactly. the only episode you watch. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. And once again, next week, random thoughts will be the episode that Robbie and I will review. All of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. See you soon.